The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and every one that does, he prunes so that it bears more fruit. You are already pruned because of the word that I spoke to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, because without me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me will be thrown out like a branch and wither. People will gather them and throw them into a fire and they will be burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want and it will be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'd have to say that uh, this Gospel passage is probably one of the more, if not the most difficult, Gospels for me to preach on. Why? Because as many of you probably have picked up, I like to use a, an image, an analogy, maybe a, a movie or something to kind of help my scattered thoughts uh, find a, a central message to convey the gospel. And today, Jesus not only provides us with an image, but his message is very direct. Remain in me as I remain in you. Boof. Mic drop. Done. I want to go sit down, but you know me better than that. Sometimes the most simple statements, remain in love, can be some of the hardest ones to live out. Just ask any married couple. To remain in love. What does this look like, to remain in love? Well, it's easy for a couple to say, until death do us part, but it takes sacrifice. John reminds us of that in our second reading today because he says, love not just in word or in speech, but in deed and in truth. Love has demands. And this unity, in order to have this unity, it takes an effort. And so in marriage prep earlier this week, um, I asked a, a, a couple, what did you learn from your engaged encounter experience? I said, Father, one of the things that really struck us was the difference between unity and happiness. The distinction between unity and happiness. I said, well, okay, what do you mean by that? But I said, well, if, if in our relationship that we, we desire just to live for happiness, then we're not actually going to live for each other. On the contrary, if we live for the sake of unity, despite if it leads to happiness or not, that's how we remain in love. Because if we seek happiness, it ends up just becoming what I want. It becomes self-seeking rather than self 
sharing. And today, when Christ says, remain in my love, when he gives us this example of the vine and the branches, a poetic image that was used in Jewish times for God's marriage to his people Israel, it sounds great. But how do we remain in love? How do we remain in God's love? I'd venture to say that that this process of a couple preparing for marriage can give us insight into how to remain unified in God's love. Now, some of you are out there saying, well, okay, Father, I, this sounds great, but I don't know, I don't know what, what it means to be in love with God. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I, I know I'm Catholic, but I, I don't know if I would say that I'm in love with God. Well, that's where I was for a large portion of my early life. I didn't really know what it meant to be in love with God until I was in college. But your mere presence here today says that you are attracted to God. And so I go to this first question that I oftentimes ask my couples. I say, what, what made you fall in love with your fiance? And oftentimes this response that I get comes with, some aspect of vulnerability. They realized that, that there was something shared and something received. It wasn't just a self-seeking, but it began to be a, a self-sharing of some sort. Something was given and received. In our marriage with God, are we vulnerable in prayer? Or do we simply just keep it all up here? Well, well, I, I know that I love God and, 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 and God will... If he loves me, then he's going to do X, Y, and Z. Well, we can stick up here, but unless we begin to share our desires, unless we begin to share our fears explicitly with the Lord, to share these even memories of our life, then we're going to live simply from our expectations. Again, just seeking happiness because it's all on our terms. But if we share those desires of our heart, if we share the longing of our heart, our fears, our worries, our memories, if we allow Jesus to enter in in those moments, then he begins to show us his loving presence even amidst the pruning moments of our life. Secondly, I ask my couples, well, what about your fiancé makes you desire to keep falling deeper in love. And the response that I get for this one is generally something deeper. It's a virtue of the other. They'll share something that, that is a firm disposition in the heart of their fiance that makes them desire to fall deeper in love. There's something about them that calls them to a greater response. And one of my couples, when I asked them, I said, we were going kayaking and, and the way I have it planned out is we have two separate vehicles. So I have a portion of time with the, the groom and then a portion of time with the bride. And I asked the groom, I said, what seduces you? What about your fiance seduces you? What, what, makes, what about her makes you want to keep falling deeper in love with her? And he said, Father, I realize that she lives the life that I once lived and the life that I desire to live again. Ah, a complete outpouring of her life. 
What makes you want to fall deeper in love with the person of Jesus Christ? I would venture to say it's the very outpouring of his life. When God came down from heaven to earth, he planted his divinity amongst our humanity. He came down from heaven and he consummated this marriage on the cross where he gave his entire body, blood, soul, and divinity for his bride, the church. Jesus Christ pours out his life at this altar. He gives us life, the very sap of the vine to our branch is the gift of the Holy Spirit in the sacraments, where he calls us to a greater life, where he frees us from our sins, and where in marriage he gives us a sign of his love. If we begin to surrender our life, if we begin to be vulnerable in prayer, if we are faithful to the sacraments every Sunday, going to confession at least once every two months, if we begin to do this, then what will happen is much like a spousal relationship between husband and wife, where their love, their unity with each other bears fruit. So too will we become co-creators with Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the gospel today, what does Jesus say? But he says, by this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. My brothers and sisters, Jesus desires not just this spiritual multiplication, but he desires to have a profound, intimate, loving relationship with you. And if we begin to be deeply rooted in Jesus Christ, for us to be remain with him, for us to be united with him, for us to be a branch to the vine, for us to live in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health with him, then we must live a life of unity, not just happiness. Because once we surrender, once we become vulnerable in prayer, once we become faithful to the sacraments, we will begin to bear fruit, a fruit that will last, a fruit that will not only bring us happiness in this life, a fruit that will not only attract others to the same life of Jesus Christ on this earth, but it will be a fruit that will give us life until death do us part in this life and give us a seat at the wedding feast of the Lamb in the life to come.